Absolutely nothing beats windshield time. Welcome back to Dan the Road Trip Guy, a podcast where we have candid conversations about life lessons learned on the road. I'm your host, Bimmer enthusiast and road trip extraordinaire, Dan Neal. And now on to the show. I literally had not met my guest up until about five minutes ago, even though I've walked by a store hundreds of times on my daily walks around the village where his store is at in Marymount, Ohio. I'm excited today to talk to him about cars. Hopefully he's got some cool car stories, road trips, but talk to him about his business. Sure. And so that's why we're here. So welcome to the show, Trevor Furby. Thank you very much. I'm excited to go down this road with you. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. Normally start the show off with just a couple minutes. Tell people who you are. Sure. How you got here. Sure. What you got going. And then we'll we'll dive into the details a little bit later. Maybe I'll give you a little bit of background to who I am and how I ended up here. But I'm from Northeastern Ohio. I grew up there. My dad lived in New York City, so I spent a lot of time in New York City growing up in a small town, uh, so kind of big town, little town, which I think is why I ended up in Cincinnati. Came here, went to UC. Uh, After UC, I went uh, to work for Ralph Lauren, and I spent years with Ralph Lauren, and after that, I went to work for the oldest and largest custom clothing manufacturer. Ended up calling on tailors across the country, and at 26 years old, I bought a small little tailor shop in Madeira. It's kind of how I ended up where I am right now. So Cincinnati is home and has been since 1990 outside of living in Baltimore, New York City uh, for some time. Reside in Terrace Park right down the street. Have this great business in Marymount. We just opened a store in Columbus and we have a store in beautiful Harbor Springs, Michigan. All right. Well, thanks for that. And uh, yeah, I used to drive by that store in Madeira. I always wonder, wonder what that is. Right. Yeah. yeah, I was 26 when I bought that store. Oh, very cool. I was the youngest employee walking in the door. <laughs> Everybody was scared, That's but, uh, but it all worked out in the end. Yeah. So I told you this is Dan, the road trip guy. I like to talk about cars and road trips. Sure. Um, first car? First car was a 1982 Honda Civic. Okay. Automatic, stick shift? Uh, stick shift. And uh, the, the story about that car that uh, I'll never forget is when we went to buy it, it was white. And it didn't have air conditioning, but the gentleman who sold it to us said you didn't need air conditioning because it's white and it doesn't get as hot. Okay. I don't know that that was true, but that's what he told me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's a good my, story. That's anyway. my story about my, my first car. So that was a used car? Used car, 1982. Yeah, definitely was. Yeah. And uh, how long did you drive that? I drove that until I went to school in 1990 here at UC. Okay. Yeah. So a good while. Yeah. Drove so, for a while. Cincinnati see. for yeah, UC. Absolutely. Yeah. Why UC? Uh, it was the furthest school away from uh, my hometown that was still in-state tuition. Okay. Good pick. Right? <laughs> I don't know why I say that, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's good. Any fun cars you've ever owned? Uh, fun cars I've ever owned. After I had my Honda Civic, I had a Jeep Wrangler, which was fabulous. Okay. But when I drive back to my parents' house four hours away, I was exhausted. And I thought having a Jeep was a lot of fun, but it definitely was not a road-tripping car. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, those Wranglers would beat the heck out of you. And I just uh, finally had given up uh, on that great, fun Wrangler and actually went to back to another Honda Civic. Yeah. And then uh, a, uh, probably a, a fun car that I had. I had, a, I had a couple unique cars for the longest time. Uh, while I was in Madeira, I drove 
a Jaguar station wagon, okay. uh, which is uh, probably the worst car that they ever made, and which is interesting because I think I've had two of the worst cars ever made. After I had that st- station wagon, for a, I drove it forever. It actually caught on fire at the airport when I was in Naples, Florida, and the police at the airport called me and wanted to let me know that my car was on fire in the parking lot. Yeah. And they were going to have to obviously remove it, and that was the last. I never saw that car again, yeah. actually. Never you, saw it. And you were kind of glad? Yeah, it was probably time for it to retire. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget. I couldn't believe insurance gave me $12,000 for that car. <laughs> And it had to be worth about five, but right. I, I wasn't, I mean, that was what they offered me. So I, I accepted it. Sure. My other kind of funny experience with a car would be the, the vehicle that my dad gave me. And I found out at the time, this was, gosh, early 2000s, maybe. And he gave me a 19, I think it might've been 1982 also, 380 SL. And I was all proud that he gave me this great silver, navy blue soft top and I don't know what how old I was at the time, but I thought it was pretty cool running around. The thing had a lot of problems, and I remember at the time Dana Hackney from the who owned the Mercedes dealership at the time was a client of mine, and he came in. I had the car parked out front. I said, "Hey, Dana, look what I my dad gave me," and he looked at me and he goes, "You know that wasn't our best year, actually." I don't know that that was a real gift. You're going to have a lot of problems with that car. And needless to say, I ended up giving it to a friend of mine to junk it and get the cash from the salvage yard. Okay. It didn't, it didn't last too long. And it just became, I thought, well, I remember going and saying, you know, is it worth putting any money into? And everywhere I went, everybody's like, no, this car is not worth putting money into. If you want to put money into it, buy another car. Those are my two fun car stories. Those are great stories. Thank you for sharing those. Sure. You a road trip guy? Uh, you know, I, I'm a road trip guy by default. I spend eight hours driving to northern Michigan a lot and okay. eight hours home. So my wife and I spend a decent amount of time on the road, road tripping to northern Michigan. Yeah. That one's more about the destination than the journey, though. It's definitely about the destination because I'm not real big on the journey to northern Michigan. I've found a way to make it work. So if Amy's driving, I've found a way to have a laptop or my iPad out and, and work. And then if I'm driving, she manages my phone, which as you can hear, continues to go off. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, I don't know if it's just most of my clients reach out to me. So it's, it's a constant battle keeping up with my phone. So Amy, if I'm driving, Amy's managing the phone. Uh, so those are our road trips. Um, I don't know that I, you know, I've ever trying to think of any, any great road trips that I've been on. Nothing jumps out at me other than the drives to, northern michigan all the time yeah. well yeah. you might have to take one right yeah. absolutely head west head west that's my favorite we live on the best road well that's uh, true right that i can ever picture it's cross country right i don't know if you know that oh, Maryland, sure, absolutely. right and uh i usually tell people just fly to denver pick it up there and go there yeah yeah I've actually, unless I've... you haven't seen kansas and then kansas can be fun I have not seen Kansas. That's probably one state that I have not been to. And I haven't driven. I've been on the West Coast and in that far west, but I've never driven out there. I know my wife has, but I have not. It's an unbelievable journey. A trip I need to take. It's a trip you need to take. Oh, that's cool. Very so cool. you talked about you're in the clothing business. Sure. Pretty much. My whole life. It's my 30th life. year. Yes. Wow. 30th year on the Salesforce on okay. clothes. So um, you talked about um, your other store you had when you were young, but now you have three stores. I do. And what brought you to here? What brought you to Marymount and 
you were in a small shop right down the street and then you moved here a better location better storefront i can't say that i knew originally it was going to be the clientele was going to be so loyal but moving from madeira to marymount really opened up uh closer to hyde park so the clients that i had in hyde park mm. easier just as close for those in indian hill sure and then terrace park and marymount people were very loyal and I, and I learned that. And I guess I knew a little bit. My wife's from here, went to school in Marymount. So she, I think she uh, was a big, well, she was a big part of me coming here. And she felt that it would be that loyal community that we needed or wanted. And it's just been, it's been wonderful. It's yeah. a great community, great yeah. place. I love it here. And then Columbus, you went to Columbus because... Columbus opened three weeks ago. Yeah. I went to Columbus because two of our largest vendors weren't represented there. Okay. And the market, there are no... There are very few men's stores in Columbus. It's very strange for the city that size. It was just wide open. I mean, there's just not a lot up there. I took the plunge three weeks ago, opened up stores, a fabulous location. We're in a 200-year-old home, one-bedroom home Mm. that uh, the lady that was in it prior to us, she was uh, born in the home and died in the home in her 90s. Okay. And we took over this small little one-bedroom home, turned it into a little small clothing store, and it's, uh, it's a spectacular spot. And where is it? I lived in, in Columbus for a couple Dublin. years. It's in Dublin. Dublin. And yeah. I worked in Dublin. Yeah. Back when Dublin was nothing. Well, I, I, and I've learned that, yes. It, it's come a long way from what I understand. Oh, well, my wife and I went up last year. We drove through there, and we thought, right. well, let's spend the night in Dublin. Couldn't believe it. So I'm like, where is Dublin? Because this is not the Dublin we knew when we lived there. So right. That's great. It's a great location. Great yeah. location. Are you near the old downtown area so we are so there's the bridge park area which is brand new with all the new buildings and we are across the river in historic dublin yeah we're in that old historic part it's great and that from what i understand that area has really come alive it used to be sounded like maybe a little run down at some point oh it's very run down yeah i mean it was just uh not in a good spot but it's really come actually historic dublin is very cool yeah i mean there's some great there's three four great restaurants the, the foot traffic is really growing. Jenny's Ice Cream, which was founded in Columbus, is there. They're doing really well. There's now a Starbucks. I mean, it's just, it's kind of gone to a different level, and it's time for us to be there. Yeah. We're kind of, we're not kind of, we are pioneers being on South High Street. Sure. We're a bit of a destination, which is going to be a, a challenge for the next few months as people start to learn sure. our brand. People here know me because I've been selling clothes in this town for 30 years. Sure. So uh, we have to build our brand up there, but I'm excited to do it. Yeah. And then you're in Harbor Springs. Harbor Springs. That's is that purely, new? Or? That is we, uh, interesting. Uh, we opened that during COVID okay. when a friend of mine actually. On purpose? Or? On purpose. On purpose. Okay. A friend of mine who had a home up there called me one day. And he knew that I'd always wanted to have a resort store. And there was the prime location just sitting empty. And it was across from Kilwin, which was the big ice cream store right on Main Street. And he said, hey, Trevor, I, you know, there's a the old uh, kitchen supply store is empty and there's a four lease sign on it and i'm like wow you're kidding me so i called them and they you know wanted a lot of rent and whatnot well then covid happened just uh, you know weeks later and things started to get really bad and they didn't have a tenant and i said look if you want to rent it to me at this price i can be open in a week and i got a call i think july 1st that said we didn't rent it for the season and so come on up and we literally it took me i ordered all the fixtures we drove up to northern michigan the fixtures came on a semi truck we unloaded them and in two days we were open 
and we relied on our vendors who were struggling because of COVID. They weren't selling clothes. So they, uh, they sent us clothing on consignment, which made it great for us because mm-hmm. we didn't know. Nobody knew. It was the beginning of COVID. Nobody knew what you know the next day was like. Sure. And it actually ended up saving us, really, as a company because as Cincinnati was closed or you know had very little revenue, people right. were still going to their vacation homes. So it ended up, we ended up as a company breaking even for those years with, um, just because we were able to open this resort store that was still producing revenue. So it really ended up being a godsend for us during COVID. Oh uh, yeah, it, it came around and, and we're there because I, I love the area. My wife loves the area. It's Northern Michigan. I mean, sure. it's, it's a wonderful place to be in the summer, Yeah, but I'm not, uh, it's unfortunate that it's only 12 week season, short yeah. season, three months in yeah. and out. But it's great. It's great yeah. stuff. We spent a few Christmases in uh, Petoskey. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We almost opened a Petoskey. That, yeah. that was a thought because that's more of an all year round city. Yeah. But Harbor Springs is more our vibe. And it's, we uh, stayed near there last time, I think. So yeah. It, it's cool. great. I, yeah. I love it. Uh, I can't wait. We're going up here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Already been up once this year. So it's great. Now, do you also do custom tailoring? Then? So that is the kind of the foundation of what we do. When okay. I work for the oldest and largest custom clothing manufacturer in Baltimore, it's really where I learned my trade in my early 20s, calling on tailor shops. And so historically, custom has been 50% of my business. Okay. Making suits, sport coats, pants. We now have a new, um, we have this amazing new technology that I can work with a computer and we can make shoes, belts, sweaters, it's endless on what we can do uh, and now what we can make just using the computer and some fit models and whatnot it's pretty amazing yeah, yeah it's 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 fun to see technology get to where it is today in, in an old world business that i'm in yeah sure pretty cool question for you what's on your bucket list bucket list you know it's interesting i was i was trying to think of, of something like that what would be on a bucket list i would say a bucket list would be traveling to italy okay uh, so much clothing there, and I hope to do it actually sooner than later. But I've traveled in Europe, but I have not been to Italy, and it's definitely on my bucket list. To we have a show in Florence, it's called Pity that happens twice a year. So I want to attend that show and then go to the fabric mills, and of course, just enjoy Italy and the food and the wine because two of my favorite things. There so you go. I guess the bucket list entails clothing, but maybe that's just because it's a business right off to get there. Yeah. Well, that would but, be fun. No, I'm, I'm excited to go. Yeah. Back to the clothing. I remember my question I was going to ask you now. Um, did you always know you wanted to be in the clothing business? I like learned, when you're a young man, you're like, I'm going to be in the clothing well, business. Well, it's funny. My mom has a, a picture of me in a three-piece denim suit when I was probably eight years old. And I think I, I strangely have always been into clothing. Okay. And then I was fortunate enough to start working for Ralph Lauren when I was 19. And to find your passion at such a young age has just been wonderful because I've been doing what I love sure. my whole, you know, for a long, long time. So you don't go to work? No, I yeah. enjoy it. I love what I do. And that's why we keep doing it, keep growing and having fun with it. Yeah. Did you work for Ralph Lauren in New York then? I worked for Ralph Lauren. So there used to be a beautiful polo store here in the mall, believe yes. it or not. Remember. Beautiful store. And so I put my best clothes on one day and walked in and somehow they I don't know why but they hired me at 19 years old and so I started selling clothes there at 19 and then I also because my dad lived in New York City I also worked for Ralph Lauren on Madison Avenue hmm. at the mansion that they had oh, okay yeah, sure. it's a great store and so that's kind of how I got my start yeah my wife works Laura Ashley oh yeah in sure. the mall. absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And it was a great, yeah, that was late when, the, 80s. when those great stores were in there. Was, yeah, there were some great stores in yeah. there when that mall first opened. Yeah. Amazing. Question for you. Also, if you could take a road trip, you've said not a big road trip guy, but that's okay. Right. Uh, if you could take a road trip. They don't have to be long. Or you could just sit around and talk with somebody. Right. Living or deceased. Uh, who would it be? Well, would, what would you talk about? Where would you go? I would definitely drive take, that Jaguar. Maybe I definitely would take a road trip. Hands down, it would be with Ralph Lauren, and he's got all the cars. Oh, okay. So Ralph has an amazing car collection. So I would take. I would. T- I met Ralph actually last summer out in the Hamptons, and I would uh, love to spend time with Ralph. Okay. Um, I've only met him once, and as long as I worked, it's just been my passion, and, and that whole brand is my passion. Taking a road trip with Ralph in one of his amazing vehicles okay. would be spectacular, and I would do it at his ranch outside of Telluride and go through the mountains uh, with Ralph. That would be my my dream come true. All right. Perfect road trip. Absolutely. What's uh, one question you might ask him? Gosh, that's funny. When I was in the Hamptons and I met him this past summer, I was speechless at the time and I wish I could have asked him a lot of questions. I I was just like, I used to, yeah, it was just, it was amazing. But, you know, I would just love to hear his story from his end. I'd love to hear the story of Ralph from his words and how he got to where he is today. It's really what I, I'd yeah. love to hear the story from him. Yeah. He's a, an incredible guy and obviously a leader in our in our industry. So, I, you know, just to know his story from him and to hear it in his words would be phenomenal. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So we'll, we'll switch it over. You've got uh, some young people in a room. Right. Maybe they're aspiring business people like sure. yourself. And sure. What would you tell them? I would say if they want to be... The good and the bad. Right. Working for yourself is amazing. Getting there requires moving forward every day to get to your goal. And I look at that in our business when we were opening Columbus. It became an idea. And I knew just through... It's probably my fourth, let's see, I have to think my fourth or fifth store that I've opened. It, it seems overwhelming at the time. You got to buy the clothes, find the locations, find the people. A lot of people just can't imagine getting past any of that and can never move forward. And I feel for me, I look at it as just moving forward every day, taking one step at a time and always moving forward to get to your goal. And that's one thing that I've done for all of my businesses, just recognizing there's a mountain ahead of me and I just have to climb that mountain one step at a time and you can get to the get to the other side of the mountain. Yeah. What's the most difficult thing about being in business for yourself? Biggest challenge you face today even? I would say the biggest challenge we face now would be people. We could open more stores, finding locations, buying the clothing is the easy part. Finding people that have passion that want to run or sell clothing today is very difficult. Mm. And that, the other side of that would be the tailoring aspect of it, that we've changed the way we do our tailoring and how we source our clothing, but the tailoring aspect of it is very diff- difficult. That's probably, True. tailoring is, I worry that that, I worry that the next generation will struggle more than I do because tailors, it's very difficult to find that talent. Yeah. And they're like, none left. Not on the uh, degree list, right? No, it's not. It's unfortunate. Yeah. A great tailor can make a six-figure income. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, plumbing and electrical work. Nothing yeah. wrong with the trade. Nothing wrong with the trade. Absolutely. Absolutely. You spoke of opening other stores. What's the, what's the uh, vision out there? 
if you can share that. No, I can definitely share it. It it way Columbus will be Columbus is the model that I want to move forward with. Mm. The difficult part about this store is it relies so much on me. And the beauty of Harbor Springs is nobody knows me. So I can sit in that store. We have this great little director's chair and I can sit in the store and watch it all happen. Here, everything is really based on me and my vision and people walking in the door. And that's, that's difficulty. Columbus, I'm trying to build a scalable model that can stand alone and possibly open more stores. Indianapolis is definitely on my radar. Once we continue to build the process uh, with Columbus, but I think Indianapolis is on the radar and then possibly a store in the south so we can transfer our goods from Michigan to somewhere in Florida. So, you know, mm. we sell shorts during you know the summer in Michigan, but then they sit there until next year. We can take those goods and ship them down to a Florida store. Sure. Again, it's, it's about vacationing. I'm, I'm not good at vacations. And Harbor Springs is a way for me to go on vacation and still have to work because yeah. I love what I do. So it's not work. And I play tennis. I don't play golf. So, you know, maybe I spend an hour or two playing tennis in the morning. But my vacation would be just hanging out at the store. So yeah. I would like to have a store in the south that I could vacation in the winter and still be able to work. Yeah. I grew up in uh, my grandparents started a grocery store. and My mom worked it. My uncle took it over. And I worked for him. But... Uh, 7.30 to 7.00 every day, six days a week. Never saw him take a vacation. And I think he just loved the people. Yeah. And, of course, everybody walk in the store. Is Earl here? Right. And so I'm sure that's... It is, yeah. Here. Yeah. It's Trevor. But right? that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Me, I yeah. feel... I'm very grateful that people walk in and ask. Yeah. It actually... There are times that I'll shut the door at 6 o'clock or 7. Just kind of step back and look at the day and think, gosh, I can't believe how busy we were. And all those people just walked in the door to buy clothes from us. Like, that's amazing to me. It still is amazing to me that people just walk in the door. Yeah. Like, we've built a brand where people come in to buy clothes. And it's just, it's very rewarding. Well, good. Thankful. Well, I think we're about to the end of our little road trip conversation here. And I really thank you for taking the time. I've enjoyed it. I wrap up my show by giving my guests an opportunity to promote themselves. Sure. The store, charity, whatever you want to, whatever you want to share. I am, uh, that is a big part of our culture here is giving back to the community. I'm a huge believer in uh, giving back, especially to those little elementary sixth grade plays where they have that little playbill. And I always like to be the guy that has the little ad in the back that, you know, they hit me up for the hundred dollars. So, so give back to your schools and your charity would be my biggest uh, thought. Uh, And as far as our business, you know, we, um, we try to appeal to a, a, a wide variety of people. Um, we take care of grooms all the way to CEOs in their clothing. And um, I think we do a great job with it. And that's what Good. we do. Website? TrevorFurbay.com. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dan, the Road Trip Guy. And we look forward to having you back again next time. In the meantime, if you want to find me, you can find me on the internet at Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, Neal, N-E-A-L, dot com. Until we meet up again, keep having conversations and keep driving. Mm-hmm.